0: Okay, so we are going to continue this series, which is called Alone in the Dark, which we are talking about uh, some of the scarier or weirder stories from the Bible. So far, we have talked about the ghost story where ghosts exist in the book of Samuel when King Saul called a ghost with a medium. Uh, Oh, yeah, that one. And so we wanted to, he really wanted to get a yes man. And all everybody around him was a yes man, just saying whatever he wanted. And so he was really leading Israel wrong. He'd been a man of God and he'd turned away. And so he just wanted to bring Samuel back. He didn't actually want to hear from him. He probably didn't even hope it would work. Uh, but Samuel came back and said, dude, you need to step it up and get, live right. You're messing things up. And Saul... Messed up. Uh, We talked about the exorcism of Legion, which was the many demons that Jesus came and everybody looked at him and they had this idea of how it would go. And when Jesus did something different, even though he saved someone, even though he helped people, uh, they got mad at him and pushed him away, even though it was against the demon because they saw things the way they wanted to. Uh, That was their tradition, their uh, version of what they thought things would happen. And so it really messed them up. Last week, Um, We talked about the dawn of the dead and the zombie army that exists and so basically Ezekiel went out to the desert and he and Israel had turned away and uh, they were in a time of exile and God said I'm going to show you what I can do and he brought all of these skeletons back to life. And uh, just how he did that to prove a point, that he could do anything, that he would bring Israel back to life, that he would bring uh, Ezekiel back to life, that he would do this uh, because of his power, because of his love, because of his mercy. Um, And so this week we're talking about a werewolf uh, in the Bible. And so we're in Daniel chapter 4, verses 24 through 37. Uh, This is Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar. You probably know the name Nebuchadnezzar because if you've heard the story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar is the king. And so what is significant about that is uh, he, along with the other people uh, that were against them, had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the furnace because they refused to worship anybody but God. Um, And so in this situation, like the furnace is so hot that it killed the guards, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are walking around in there with a shadowy figure, which you know, is God. And Nebuchadnezzar sees that. And so he brings them out and he's like, man, this God is legit. And so we look at that and kind of like in Jonah, how we remember it differently and think, well, Jonah's clearly okay. If you keep going in the story, you see that Nebuchadnezzar uh, turns away again. And so here is, uh, he had a dream about something weird happening to him. And Daniel uh, told him what it meant. This is what the dream means, your majesty. And what the Most High has declared will happen to my Lord the King. You will be driven from human society and you will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow and you will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. Um, But the stump and roots of the tree were left in the ground. This means that you will receive your kingdom back again. Uh, when you have learned that heaven rules. King Nebuchadnezzar, please accept my voice or my advice. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past and be merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you will continue to prosper. So basically Daniel was a dream interpreter because he was so close to God. Now you know Daniel from Daniel and the Lion's Den, uh different king, but still kind of the same kind of story, where the king thought he knew everything. And this is a theme, not just throughout the Bible, but throughout history where the people that are in charge tend to start to believe in themselves more than anything else. And so that's what Nebuchadnezzar does. Even though he had seen evidence of God and evidence of God's people and evidence of faith and all of this, he still turned back because to change means you have to give up some of the stuff you want to do. Uh, in our lives sometimes we will have situations, like let's say that you're driving and you just started driving and uh, you barely avoid a wreck because you weren't really paying attention and you run through a red light and somebody comes by and you're like, man, I could have died. And you're like, I'm never going to forget this. Or uh, you're driving really fast on the interstate and you have a bunch of puppies in your car and um, you're taking them to a special place to make Cane's chicken. And so you're driving really fast and a cop pulls up behind you and he turns on his lights and you're like, oh no, I can't afford a ticket. But then he just like waves at you and goes off and you're like, man, this is, I almost died in that wreck or I almost got this ticket. And so in that moment, you're like, I'm going to change. Like, next time I'm going to go out and I'm going to be much more careful. And so for the next little while, you probably are. Like, the next day, maybe the next week, maybe even the next month. But eventually you get in a rush. Or eventually something happens and you you, you change again. Because to change, you really have to give up things. Uh, it's like in school. Like, if you do really bad on a test. Well, I'm going to study hard next time. And maybe next time you do study. But then... If you do well, it's like, I'm fine. And then so you go back to not studying. And we do stuff like that all of the time in our life, whether it's with faith or school or sports or whatever else. And so that's what Nebuchadnezzar is doing. Like he sees this evidence of God. He sees what it looks like to to follow God. He sees that God has power and that he saved people from this remarkable circumstance. And so he says... I am never going to go against God again. And then you cut to the next chapter and he goes against God again. Uh, And again, we all have things like that. Hopefully it's not for faith, but it's all things that we do where... In the moment, we really think we've learned our lesson, but the only way to truly change is to truly change. You have to sacrifice. You have to uh, realize what the difference is. If you're in counseling or if you have something uh, that is an issue, like the first step is admitting that you have a problem, admitting that you need help, and then through counseling, you have to keep going. Uh, Just going to counseling once doesn't fix anything, and so it's a process, and a lot of times And this is one of the reasons I hate New Year's resolutions. Because a lot of times we see something that we want to change, or we see something we want to do or accomplish, and we make this huge, unreachable goal. Like, I want to be the greatest soccer player in the history of the world by next Tuesday. And so it's like, I want to gain 100 pounds of muscle, and I want to to drop to 2.5 in the 40-yard dash. And I just want to do this by next Tuesday. And we think of that, and it's like, okay... And then so you start, and the first day it's really hard, and maybe by Tuesday you don't do it, so you give up. And with New Year's resolutions, it's like, I want to lose 350 pounds, or I want to make a million and $1.5 million by a month. And so if you go to the gyms, it's okay, but if you go to the gyms that first month, everybody's there all the time. But then the month after that, they're not, because when you make unreachable goals, you're not actually trying to change, you're just looking at this. But when you go step by step, if Nebuchadnezzar had said, okay, I need to do something different. I need to start to talk to a counselor. I need to start to pray. I need to do something. Maybe that would have affected it. And so he has this dream that he's going to turn into like a wild animal, basically, and and eat grass and be out with the animals and, and not have his own mind. And so Daniel comes in and he straight up says, this is what's going to happen. And this is him talking to the king, which means he was so sure he was right uh, that, that he's saying this to a king. And he's like, hey, stop sinning, dude. And, and Nebuchadnezzar, We go to the next part. It wouldn't be a very good story if he did listen. Um, But all these things did happen to Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, he was taking a walk in the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city, he said, look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. So see, he's smelling himself. He really thinks he knows everything. Uh, While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. Uh, You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass... Uh, while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That same hour, the judgment was fulfilled, and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow, and he was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws, so a werewolf. He became a werewolf, basically. Now, you may be like, well, wait, he didn't change with the moon. In definition, he still is essentially a werewolf. He's got animal qualities. He's not got his human mind. Uh, he's living with the animals and all of this stuff happen, and it's all because he kept thinking he knew everything and so basically it's God saying hey you don't know everything you think you built this whole city I'm with you I help you I love you uh even though you keep turning from me and so again he'd never learned anything because Daniel warned him a year in advance and all he had to do was change. And I would guarantee, and I went to school with him for a while, so I didn't know Nebi a little bit. And so I would guarantee that for, good, nobody left. That's fine. Good. Uh, so I guarantee that like for the week after Daniel gave him that, a week after Daniel gave him that translation of the dream, he was very careful. He was like, okay, God's legit, and I'm going to really do my best to treat people right. And then nothing happened, so he's like, I'm good. And so he started being the king again. He's like, this is all me, and I'm awesome, and I'm the best in the world, and I'm the goat, and I'm the best thing ever, and nobody can do anything without me. And he keeps thinking this and thinking this, and so it happens. And so uh, you've pr- maybe heard the phrase, pride goes before the fall. Basically, there is an argument to be made that pride is the root of sin. Um, and so pride is when you think that you know everything, or you think you're better than everything else, or everybody else, or you think you're better than other people, or you uh, look at somebody who maybe is different than you, or believes different than you, or looks different than you, or thinks differently than you, and you judge them thinking, well, I'm better because I'm me. And that's pride. And so you carry that. And what that means with it goes before the fall is, People that get really proud, and they think they're everything, eventually they fall. Uh, There's also phrases about, like, the ladder down is faster than the ladder up, and blah, blah, blah. And it's all in how you treat people, and how you judge people. And so Nebuchadnezzar not only thought he was the best, but by definition, he thought he was better than everyone else. And so he treated everybody else like garbage, and he ignored God, and he ignored what was right. And so he pays for it, and he becomes a werewolf. And... Probably for a day, that's kind of cool, because werewolves are pretty cool, but long term, it probably sucks to eat grass and be out with the animals and and get rained on all the time and poop in the field and all these things that he did. And this is the king, and so people are watching this and like, what in the world is happening? He's going crazy. What are we going to do? And this was a long time that this happens. And so we go to the next part. After this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven, my sanity returned, and I praised and worshipped the Most High and honored the One who lives forever. His rule is everlasting and His kingdom is eternal. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to Him. He does as He pleases among the angels of heaven and among the people of the earth. No one can stop Him or say to Him, what do you mean by doing these things? When my sanity returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. All his acts are just and true, and he is able to humble the proud. So basically he was humbled. And in this moment, he truly meant it. A lot of times you will hear people say that people don't change. Uh, And that is because it takes often... Uh, hitting rock bottom, or it takes something to really make you want to change. Nebuchadnezzar had had now two, at least two opportunities to see what would happen if he went against God, if he didn't get better, if he didn't treat people better. And so in this moment, he's humble. I would like to tell you that I know for sure that this lasted, but it probably didn't. I don't know. But he, the more that you are humble. The more that you realize, hey, just because this person is different, just because they think different, just because they look different, just because they believe different, that does not make them worse. It just means that we're different. Um, one of the things we get into sometimes is we kind of live like we're the main character in a video game and everybody else is an NPC. So it's like we're living, and we're walking around, and then somebody, like we go into a store, and we see somebody, and then we don't think about when we walk out. We're just like, well, they're just there, and next time I come in, they'll say the same thing, and there's like four choices we can say, and then, you know, it kind of goes like that, and we kind of think of everybody like that, even if we don't really think of everybody like that, and when somebody is different than us, or somebody says something that we don't agree with, we take it as if it's said to just tick us off. And part of that is the way society is now in which we can kind of bubble ourselves and on TikTok or Snapchat or FaceChat or whatever it is you do. Uh, You can follow people that only agree with you and people that you like and all the Taylor Swifties and all that stuff, all the Kelsey heads, all the people that, that you really like, and you can just follow them. And so everybody talks about how that's the best and that's the only way to live. And everybody posts about how this is the only way to live and this is the best. And so day by day, you're like, this is my world. This is everything. And then you go out into the world and you realize not everybody's like that. And so instead of thinking, man, everybody's different, you're thinking they're wrong. And so we do that, and that's what Nebuchadnezzar was living like. And so God got his attention. The theme in these stories is God's getting people's attention. And he may not do that in our way, but there will be something that gets your attention. Maybe it is somebody hurting your feelings, or maybe it's something bad that happens to you or somebody you care about. Uh, this does not mean that God did that, but it means that we can learn from that, and we can grow from that, and we can be better. Because what it comes down to is this humility, that everybody has free will, which means everybody has the right to choose. That doesn't mean that everybody, everything that everybody does and thinks is right, but it means that everybody does that because that's who they are. And so our job is not to convince people of anything, but it's to show people what it means to follow Jesus, to be like Jesus, to show them love. Because if you look through the Gospels, Jesus had uh, a lot of talks and debates, But he never once said, you know what, I hate you and I'm never going to talk to you again because you're different to me, even to the Pharisees, even to Judas. He loved everybody and he helped them even if they didn't turn to him. He died on the cross for people before they were Christians, not after. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love people, to show them who we are, to show them our faith, not to throw Bibles at their faces, but to show them exactly who Jesus is by the way we treat them, by the way we treat each other, by the way we live, by the way we act, by the way we do everything. And so God got Nebuchadnezzar's attention. He's probably not going to turn anybody here into a werewolf, although who knows, but there will be something and you're going to stop and think, you know what, this is a moment I could change and I encourage you to take that moment. But I will also say that you, as long as there is life, there is hope. You are not going to be perfect. So just keep trying, keep doing your best, keep growing, keep learning, not just from your mistakes, but from other people's mistakes and do everything you can to do your best every day to be like Jesus. And that's all I got.